Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 219. And then Shadow said, except myself, I have myself, don't I? It seemed as if everything was holding its breath, not just Shadow, but the whole world under the earth, every worm, every crevice, every cavern holding its breath. I offer myself, he said. The response was immediate. The rocks in the earth that had surrounded him began to push down on Shadow, squeezed him so hard that the last ounce of air in his lungs was crushed out of him. The pressure became pain, pushing him on every side, and he felt he was being smashed. And he felt he was being mashed, a fern becoming coal. He reached the zenith of pain and hung there, cresting, knowing that he could take no more, that no one could take more than this, and at that moment the spasm eased and Shadow could breathe again. The light above him had grown larger. He was being pushed toward the surface. As the next earth spasm hit, Shadow tried to ride with it. This time he felt himself being pushed upward, and the pressure of the earth pushing him out, expelling him, pushing him closer to the light. And then, a moment for a breath. The spasms took him and rocked him, each harder, each more painful than the one before it. He rolled and writhed through the earth, and now his face was pushed against the opening, a gap in the rock scarcely larger than the span of his hand through which a muted gray light came and air, blessed air. The pain on that last awful contraction was impossible to believe as he felt himself being squeezed, crushed, and pushed through that unyielding rock gap, his bones shattering, his flesh becoming shapeless and snake-like, and as his mouth and ruined head cleared the hole, he began to scream in fear and pain. He wondered as he screamed whether back in the waking world he was also screaming, if he were screaming in his sleep back on the darkened bus. And as that final spasm ended, Shadow was on the ground, his fingers clutching the red earth, grateful only that the pain was over and he could breathe once more, deep lungfuls of warm evening air. He pulled himself into a sitting position, wiped the earth from his face with his hand, and looked up at the sky. It was twilight, a long purple. And that's our page. So if leaving the jail wasn't enough of a metaphorical rebirth, the rest of this dream sure sounds a lot like a birth sequence. There's a pinpoint of light, spasms all over the place, and even talk of a contraction or two. In this scene, Shadow is being rebirthed by the Earth itself, by America, perhaps. He's discovered that in order to save Laura, he'll have to make a big selfless act and sacrifice himself as part of the bargain. Now, since the previous page mentioned it to be a bargain, I don't know that it's a guaranteed win. He can't simply bargain himself away and get Laura back in her fully human form, but this dream has taught him that to do so, he's going to have to make a big move, even if he doesn't know quite what that is yet. Notice also that the light at the end of the rock tunnel is muted gray, continuing what we've been seeing for so long in the novel. This is not a novel of bright colors. We're dealing primarily with Norse myths and Norse gods, which are cold, gray, distant gods in most cases. Shadow is pushed out in one final contraction and comes out shapeless and snake-like. And snakes have a long, long history of mythological symbolism. In the previously discussed Hopi myths, snake youth and snake girl were spirits of sky and underworld, respectively, and would be the central part of an annual dance and celebration to represent the renewal of fertility of the earth. Of course, in Norse mythology, the world serpent, Jormungur, is uh, Ouroboros encircling the world while swallowing its own tail. We also briefly discussed Kuotukwe, who was in the Museum of Forgotten Gods, and shown to have twin serpents where her head should be. I'm not certain that Shadow Emerging Snake-like is all that important to anything that's going on, but I can definitely grab a hold of it and ride it for a couple of minutes and pretend I know what I'm talking about. 
it's not said on the page, but I wonder if in these moments when Shadow is speaking, when he's not around the Buffalo Man, if he's speaking aloud instead of within his own, within his own mind. Perhaps the sort of mental discussion he has with the Buffalo Man is only possible when he's within that area. I'm not for certain, but it does seem more like the dialogue would be said aloud in the part like this page where he's not with the Buffalo Man directly. We do, however, get a couple of non-gray colors at the end of the page, red earth and purple twilight. It's probably not a huge deal, but I think it's representative that Shadow has been reborn into a different world from the one he previously lived in. Whether this is simply spiritual or not, uh, I'm not really completely certain. But I'm certainly hoping that it allows him to move forward with belief in the various gods and supernatural entities that are affecting his life. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for the use of his version of St. James Infirmary Blues as the show's theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page. And remember, only the gods are real.